Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 37 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Roman numeral eight. Finally, there is this further dreadful evil in discontent and murmuring. God may justly withdraw his care of you and his protection over you, seeing God cannot please you in his administrations. We would say so to discontented servants. If you are not pleased, better yourselves when you will. If you have a servant not content with his diet and wages and work, you say, better yourselves. So may God justly say to us, we who profess ourselves servants to him to be in his work and yet are discontented with this thing or that in God's household, God might justly say, better yourselves. What if God should say to any of you, if my care over you does not please you, then take care of yourselves. If my protection over you will not please you, then protect yourselves. Now, all things that befall you, befall you through a providence of God. And if you are those who belong to God, there is a protection of God over you and a care of God. If God were to say, well, you shall not have the benefit of my protection any longer, and I will take no further care of you, would not this be a most dreadful judgment of God from heaven upon you? Take heed what you do then in being discontented with God's will towards you, for indeed, on account of discontent, this may befall you. That is the reason why many people, over whom God's protection has been very gracious for a time, when they have thriven abundantly, yet afterwards, almost all who behold them may say of them that they live as if God had cast off his care over them, and as if God did not care what befell them. Now then, my brethren, put all these points together, those we spoke of in the last chapter, and these points that have been added now in this chapter, for setting out a murmuring and discontented spirit. Oh, what an ugly face has this sin of murmuring and discontentedness. Oh, what cause is there that we should lay our hands upon our hearts and go away and be humbled before the Lord because of this? Whereas your thoughts were wont to be exercised about providing for yourselves and getting more comforts for yourselves, let the stream of your thoughts now be turned to humble yourselves for your discontentedness. Oh, that your hearts may break before God, for otherwise you will fall to it again. Oh, the wretchedness of man's heart. You find in Scripture, concerning the people of Israel, how strangely they fell to their murmuring again and again. Do but observe three texts of Scripture for that. 
the first in the 15th of Exodus at the beginning. There you have Moses and the congregation singing to God and blessing God for his mercy. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And then, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. So he goes on. And who is like unto thee, O Lord, amongst the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thus their hearts triumphed in God. But Mark, before the chapter is ended, in the 23rd verse, when they came to Marah in the same chapter, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, and the people murmured against Moses. After so great a mercy as this, what unthankfulness was there in their murmuring? Then God gave them water, but in the very next chapter, they fell to their murmuring. You do not read that they were humbled for their former murmuring, and therefore they murmur again. Exodus 16, 1, following. All the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, etc. And the whole congregation, in the second verse, of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. Now they want flesh. They wanted water before, but now they want meat. They fell to murmuring again. They were not humbled for this murmuring against God, not even when God gave them flesh according to their desires. But they fell to murmuring again. They wanted something somewhat else. In the very next chapter, They did not go far. In the 17th of Exodus, at the beginning, and all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Then in the second verse, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And in the third verse, And the people thirsted for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? So one time after another, As soon as ever they had received the mercy, then they were a little quieted, but they were not humbled. I bring these scriptures to show this, that if we have not been humbled for murmuring, when we meet with the next cross, we will fall to murmuring again.
Chapter 10 Aggravations of the Sin of Murmuring Now, because it is very hard to work upon a murmuring spirit, there are many aggravations which we must consider for the further setting out of the greatness of this sin. Number one, to murmur when we enjoy an abundance of mercy. The greater and the more abundant the mercy that we enjoyed, the greater and the viler is the sin of murmuring. For example, when God had newly delivered the people out of the house of bondage, for them to murmur because they lack some few things that they desire, owe to sin against God after a great mercy, is a great aggravation and a most abominable thing. Now, my brethren, the Lord has granted us very great mercies. I will but speak a word of what God has done of late. What mercies has the Lord granted to us this summer, heaped mercies upon us, one mercy upon another? What a condition were we in at the beginning of this summer, and what a different condition are we in now? Oh, what a mercy is it that the Lord has not taken advantage of us, that he has not made those scriptures before mentioned good upon us for all our murmuring. The Lord has gone on with one mercy after another. We hear of mercy in Bristol and mercy to our brethren in Scotland. But if after this anything should befall us that is contrary to us, and we should be ready to murmur again at once, oh, let us know so requite God for those mercies of his. Oh, let us take heed of giving God any ill requital for his mercies. Oh, give God praise according to his excellent greatness, to his excellent goodness and grace. And now has God given to you the contentment of your hearts? Take heed of being the cause of any grief to your brethren. Do not think that because God has been gracious to you that therefore he has given you liberty to bring them into bondage. Oh, let not there be such an ill effect of God's mercy to you as for you to exclude by petitioning or any other way. Your brethren, whom the Lord has been pleased to make instruments of your peace, let not that be the fruit of it, nor to desire anything that yourselves do not yet understand. God is very jealous of the glory of his mercy, and if any ill use should be made of the mercy of God after we enjoy it, oh, it would go to the heart of God. Nothing is more grievous to the heart of God than the abuse of mercy. As, for example, if any way that is hard and rigid should be taken towards our brethren, and those especially whom God has made such special instruments of good to us, who have been willing to venture their lives and all for us, if now, when we have our turns served, we let God and his people and servants who help to save us shift for themselves as well as they can.
This is a great aggravation of your sin, to sin against the mercies of God. For men and women to be discontented in the midst of mercies, in enjoyment of an abundance of mercies, aggravates the sin of discontent and murmuring. To be discontented in any afflicted condition is sinful and evil. But to be discontented when we are in the midst of God's mercies, when we are not able to count the mercies of God, still to be discontented because we have not got all we would have, this is a greater evil. The Lord this summer has multiplied mercies one after another. The Lord has made this summer a continued miracle of mercy. Never did a kingdom enjoy, in so little a space of time, such mercies one upon another. Now, the public mercies of God should quiet our hearts and keep us from discontent. The sin of discontent for private afflictions is exceedingly aggravated by the consideration of public mercies to the land. When the Lord has been so merciful to the land, will you be fretting and murmuring because you have not in your family all the comforts that you would have? This concludes episode 37 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.